So the world is is super crazy right now, and uh, the three of us just talked about this before we hit record because we didn't want to um, pass up the opportunity to talk about like the the racial tension and stuff. But at the same time, I think we all agreed. I'm not going to speak for you guys, but I think we all agreed that as white people, our opinion is is only one little part of it, and the conversations don't need to necessarily happen um, between a podcast and listeners it needs to happen at like a personal level between people right between friends and family and um yeah so i guess i'm opening this episode with pointing out that we all have opinions that we are uh i think we're all on the same page we want people to be kind and patient and listen to each other but this is not the forum for uh full-blown discussion on those things for a deep dive yeah, for a deep dive. I mean, <clears throat> I yeah, I mean, I, 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 my opinion was asked of by several people behind the scenes. And, you know, I think probably all three of us got that, you know, well, you have a big platform. It's important for you to speak up and say something. And I did say something. It's on my Instagram. I'm not going to say much more about it right here and right now. But it is a difficult decision to to say what your opinion is, because everything you say has seven sides to it. And, you know, I just, I think my opinion is on the side of humanity, which I can't believe anybody would have an opposing opinion to that. And that showed itself in my comment section. But 90.99.9% of the comments under my my thing were very positive. And I appreciate everybody, you know, keeping it civil in the comment section on my thing. But um, it's, I just had to acknowledge it. And I shared a personal story. Um, but uh, it's, it's. It's difficult. It's difficult. And some people said, a couple of people said, which got me really mad. They're like, oh, uh, I hope your advertisers are going to be okay with this. You know, that really gets me mad because it's a human issue. It's not an advertising issue. You know, if my advertisers aren't okay with what I said, I'm not sure I'm okay with my advertisers. And like I said, it's a human issue. It's not a, a political issue is what they keep trying to make it. And if you're not on the side of being human, it's just unbelievable to me. Mm-hmm. And so when people say, oh, I hope your advertiser is going to be right with this. And people think, oh, you don't want to speak up because of your advertisers. And, you know, somebody wrote me a message and it's like, oh, you know, well, my dollars are going to go somewhere else if you don't say something. It's, it's fine by me because it's not about that. It's a very difficult thing to talk about, no matter how you say it. And... You know, we started these channels about one thing, and now we're being socially forced into something else. It's not, it's not, it's it's not easy. I'm not going to say it's not right or it's not wrong. It's just not easy to just stand up and say, "This is what I think." You know, I had to. I felt like I got like the urge to, and so I did. And I'm I'm going to leave it there for now what i said is you know is, is where i stand it's just a human issue and you just got to do the right thing by you know your brothers and sisters that are human and that's it i think we we all live in our own little bubble and so we get the news feeds that we want to see that that help us um just continue believing what, what we want to believe and because we live in that bubble i think uh sometimes we don't always expand and learn so i think it's just really important to be understanding and and also know that we all have a lot to learn 
everybody needs to keep learning and keep understanding and just loving people. And yeah, I don't want to continue this conversation publicly with my audience on Twitter or Instagram or anywhere else. Um, I, it's important to, it's important to talk about things, but I'm going to talk about those things with my family and my friends and, and I, I just, I don't want to continue the conversation with my woodworking audience because I, it will turn into a debate and a debate is good, but my platform, unfortunately, is not the place for that. And I'm just really not good with putting my thoughts into words. And I, it's uncomfortable and it's supposed to be uncomfortable. It's supposed to be uncomfortable because things are wrong right now. So. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I think that is a good point that we started our platforms. If people want to take that shot at us, you know, like you have a platform, so you should do what I think. We started our platforms for one particular thing and misusing that to try to force a personal agenda onto anyone else is one thing. Trying to make awareness about good things is a different thing. But I have to look at, you know, when something bad goes wrong in the world and Brad Pitt jumps up or just insert celebrity jumps up and says like, oh yeah, this is what I think. I'm like, well, I don't really care because you're an actor or because you're a musician or because you would, I like you for a, a certain thing that you do. And it's awesome that you have an opinion, but like, I'm not going to form my opinion based on someone who has some sort of different celebrity. And so that because of that, I have a hard time thinking that anybody would want my opinion <laughs> in that same way. It's true. Because yeah. I don't think that's that's where my, that's not my place, right? My place is having a conversation on a Sunday morning with my kids um, about right and wrong and about compassion and about patience and about those things. And that's what I did yesterday. And that was way more fulfilling than any argument that I could have online. Mm. Um, and I would, I would urge everybody to do that to have what you're saying, David, have those conversations with the people that you can actually have a personal influence on mm. because they know who you are, not because they watch your videos. So yeah. yeah, that's what I have to say about it. Anything else before we wrap that up? We just wanted to not ignore it, but also not do a deep dive. On it. Anything else? Yeah, I, it's, I don't know. It, like I said, I was on the fence having to speak up, but I said to me, it's a human issue. Obviously, it's not a political issue. I'm reiterating myself, but um, I also sometimes wonder if saying something means anything beyond like preaching to the choir. I mean, today we're so politically divided in this country that it's. I, I personally have not seen anybody change their mind because of something they heard or read. You know what I mean? I'm sure it happens. I know it happens, but. It just seems like so unobtainable to say, hey, this is the right way to do it. And then somebody who assumes it's the different way or supports the evil side, you know, in my opinion, what's the evil side of this debate? Go, oh, oh, okay. You know what? You're right. That's the type of change that takes years to take place. That's a good point. You know, and it takes so compassion and conversation to get to that. Not it, it doesn't yelling. take one post for someone to go. Oh, wow. And, you know, that made itself clear last night because I made that post. And like I said, overwhelmingly positive, you know, 
I, I'm on your side. But there was a couple of guys that like, I'm basically saying I'm not on your side. And then it's just like, okay. I, I don't I don't know I don't know where to go, but it's just yeah. it's difficult. It's just difficult and, and you know the 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 political climate is just so divided. It's just so crazy, you know, there's certain people and you just you just you gotta ask yourself like why does anybody support certain people? Like how how could this be deemed correct by some people and not completely wrong by I've already said too much. Well, I mean, I will say one last thing that I, I think um, there's the there's a tendency to be all or nothing about everything and yep. to be um, I will not support you because I disagree with you in, in whatever way. And that way, because of that, we are done and I'm done listening to you. I'm done talking to you and I'm done. The problem with that on both sides of every conversation is that you will never get any understanding of the opposite opinion unless you're willing to listen to it you don't you don't have to jump right in you don't have to like grab it as your own but you have to be willing to listen and i think if people are willing to listen to an opinion that is not their own and willing to listen to a perspective that they don't share they're more likely to understand it even if they don't agree with it and that can go really far in reconciling a bad relationship or a misunderstanding or, you know, just being different about something, if you're just willing to understand the other person's perspective, not take it as your own. And I'm not saying that is the case in, in every situation, but right now there's a big tendency, especially with, uh, you know, online presences for people to be like, oh yeah, well, I'm done with you. Right. Oh yeah. Well, you stand for this thing. Well, you can, I'll give you money back for everything you've ever bought for me and we're done. I mean, okay, but doesn't help. Rather, somebody be able to listen to you and not just push them away forever. I so I don't know. I'm trying to to politely encourage people to listen to each other rather than um, virtue signal like a particular thing that I that I'm. I don't, and, you know, I, I, I want to be misunderstood in, in any of that stuff. So I'm trying to be general about it, but I do think that it comes down to what you're saying, Jimmy. It's a matter of the heart. Hearts need to change. People mm. need to change. Um, and a lot of that we can't do. We, we uh, Individuals can't necessarily make global change, can't necessarily make policy change or national change or even regional change, but you can listen to and speak to a person near you <laughs> so do that alright I'm done that's it yeah yeah there's a lot to go there's a lot of places to go with this but uh, I think considering we make stuff Bob what did you do this week <laughs> well that was an easy transition uh, by the way <laughs> yeah Man. Um, well yeah I mean I think our topic today is going to kind of also just talk about this because we're all dealing with with every confusion and full heads of thoughts and stuff. Anyway, what I did this week was very little, actually. Um, it's kind of weird. We've been working on our, our Fusion 360 course. We're like full steam ahead on it, trying to wrap it up. And um, so uh, because of that, it's a lot of like our whole team is working on different parts of it. So everybody works on a thing and then they shift to the next person and they add their piece to it, their motion graphics or their upload or their whatever, you know. Um, and so because of that, I was kind of excuse me, I was kind of like 
not really doing a specific project. I was just kind of doing the pieces that everybody needed from me. And then I started working on R2-D2 more and ended up finding um, uh, a pretty cool little set of feet. (laughs) It's weird. So like one of the big steps in making R2-D2 is getting it on the ground. And you can't really do that until pretty far along because you have to have, you have to make these feet, you have to put them on there, and then you can set it on the ground. And so mine's been on a, like a swivel stool here so that I can spin it around and work on it. And I'm finally at a point where I found flat pack feet so that on um, the Wazer, I was able to cut out eighth inch aluminum plate and build these feet. And I haven't finished building them yet, but that's kind of what I got started on. It was a lot of cutting out uh, material and sourcing all of the wheels and the bearings and all the spacers and all these different things I had to get. And so I have this center foot put together and it's really cool to like, I'm, I'm getting really close to being able to, is that designed to go left and right? Is that what that is? Or is that just <clears throat> to, to kind of tug left and right? It doesn't have any drive. No, it, it doesn't seem like no. The, well, mine does not have any drive in the center foot. And it uses Omni wheels. Have you ever seen right. an Omni wheel? That's what I'm saying. I've seen Omni wheels that are powered in every direction. Yours is only just a drag foot, basically. Yeah, so the center foot is drag. The two on the outside have a an Omni wheel, which if you don't know what an Omni wheel is, it's like a wheel of wheels. So you have a single wheel, and then the surface of that is covered with wheels that turn in a perpendicular direction so that the wheel can roll forward and backward or left and right or some crazy. combination of... It's really crazy looking. But so the center foot has two of those, one in front of the other. So it can drag left and right. It can roll straight forward and back. And then the wheels on the side feet are driven, chain driven in the back, and then an omni wheel in the front. So there's traction, but there's also a little bit of, you know, spinability on those wheels as well. So it can pivot. It can completely spin. The whole droid can spin in place. But that's been an interesting thing to figure out. I mean, not really figure out. It's all figured out for me. But to... You know, Assemble. get the files, get the aluminum in, use the Wazer that much to cut these plates. I mean, it was like probably seven or eight hours of cut time to get all the plates cut. And that's just for the, this is the understructure of the feet. The feet are covered in a foot shell, which I think I'm also going to do in aluminum. And that's going to be like, I don't know, probably twice or three times as much cut time. Um, so that's going to be kind of crazy. But... So I didn't, I didn't like do a full project, but it was a lot of working on that, figuring that out. I'm designing some different things right now, working on the, uh, the fusion course, trying to wrap it up. We've got some beta testers in there now going through it and getting some feedback from them so we're, so we can make it better and, you know, try to make sure that it covers everything we want it to cover. So that's pretty awesome. But, and then it's been beautiful weather here. Uh, so we're, you know, just trying to, have fun with the kids, take advantage of the outside. It's kind of weird. We, uh, we've been, our family, due to the other thing that's going on in the world, our family has been staying really isolated from pretty much everybody. Even our good friends, like our kids' best friends, who live not next door, but the next house over. So our kids haven't seen them in a really long time. And we've just, in the last couple of days, started to open up our little bubble so that we can our kids can be with other kids again you know like limited um just to try to contain everything and it's crazy what a difference that can make for us to have been completely isolated for several months 
and then just a little bit of contact with people that you know we're close to that are right here so we don't have to go anywhere we're not opening it up to a bunch of potential infection or anything like that but man what a difference that makes in the attitude and the the overall just like happiness of kids to have a friend that they can go see yeah <laughs> that's been a big change for us this last few days so that's what we've been up to pretty much yeah what about you me i uh yeah Spring is springing, and I'm digging more into uh, getting uh, clean up. You know, obviously a lot of things kind of came to a halt. You know, it seems like we're starting obviously a few months late here in the season, but I'm digging into the uh, the motor motorway, the racetrack here. Um, started uh, cleaning it up a little bit more. Hired some guys to get rid of a lot of the debris there. I don't have the money right now to build a building, but I'm going to start to prepare the plot where I'm going to put a Morton building. I want to put a uh, 70, 75 by 100 foot building on the property, a Morton building. What's, that a, is, what's a Morton building? A Morton building is just like, a, maybe it's just a Northeast thing. It's a, like a metal, just like a little metal, kind of like what, oh. what April just bought, you know, like a little metal building. Gotcha. Simple. It goes up a lot faster than the one in my backyard. And there's kind of systems to do the interior and the roof that's not quite traditional. You know, it's just real fast to put up. It's really definitely more of an industrial style building. We didn't want to put one of those in the backyard just because it didn't seem to fit the setting. It's definitely more of a commercial looking thing. So we didn't want that yeah. kind of commercial looking warehousey thing in the backyard. But on the commercial property in town behind the racetrack, I'm going to put one of those up. So I've been preparing the, the property over there. Like I said, I'm just going to prepare the plot. I don't have the money right now to even put a foundation down or anything. But my theory on doing things is baby steps if i do that do that and then you know if i did get a windfall i could be prepared to to do that so i'm going to slowly and then it also get rid of this like uh there used to be a batting cage there this tremendous giant it looked like a a, a cage from a zoo that like would have had reptiles in it or something it's huge it was like 50 feet tall and it was for baseball so you go in there and and had this disgusting net full of leaves anyway it's all gone now local guys took it for the scrap and uh, so it's all ripped down so now there's this big weird piece of concrete in the ground because the balls are all designed to roll to the picker upper and then get reloaded back into the machines so there is a a pad that's kind of like deep dish it's like a big deep dish black top thing it's kind of weird so I wanted to get rid of that um I made a cool barbecue ring. This is this idea I've had for a really long time. And I was the reason I never did it, and you guys could identify with this, you ever have like an idea you know is really cool, but you know it'll take you 10 minutes to make, and then you're just like, that can't make a video. And that's kind of more <laughs> of like an Instagram post than a real video. And yeah. so this week I just dug into it. It came up on the one-year anniversary of the other barbecue that I made. And I was like, you know what? A funny, I'll tell you guys a funny story behind the scenes. So last year when I was talking to my friends at Lincoln Welding, they're like, what do you want to do for a spring project? I was like, so I came up with a couple of ideas. And one of them was I drew a picture of a, my barbecue pit in the backyard and I drew a ring around it. It's like I could plasma cut a ring, like a barbecue ring around the outside edge. And we could have a group of people at the end eating. And they go, a barbecue would be awesome. Like, what are you thinking? Like an Argentinian barbecue? And I never corrected him. I just went forward and did the Argentinian barbecue, and that's the one that I made last year. And so mm. here we are a year later. I was like, now is a good opportunity to make the barbecue ring just independently on my own, even though Lincoln is an ongoing sponsor. This is just a regular video for me. And I did it, and it turned out really good, and people really like it. And my my business now is slowly transitioning to 
slowly transitioning to a product business. So not saying I don't want advertisers, but I'm leaning less and less on them and really just selling products through my website. And that's kind of always been the goal. But when somebody offers you, you know, thousands of dollars to talk about the silly video game, I go, oh, okay, yeah, let me do that. Mm-hmm. Like become like a drug addict. So anyway, the razor blade is up and selling on my website finally after like a year of development. And uh, the big holdup, a lot of people are like, why did this take so long? Really was designing the system to sell something. And it took some time behind the scenes. I have a new website team and uh, my business partner who I talk about infrequently, my buddy Howard and I developing my product business together. Um, finally got like the wheels in motion. And that's why the razor blade is finally selling and it's out there and I have another product to launch. I'll probably launch it closer to this, to the end of the summer and ice picks are briskly selling and it's, it's been really good. So if you're anybody that supported my website, I want to thank you very much because it's been great. It's, uh, it's really becoming a product business right away. Now everyone's like, when are you going to start selling the barbecue ring? We have a factory here in the Northeast that's Mm. going to be doing metal work. Um, I have a factory that does part of the ice pick. I do most of it, but somebody does provides me with one piece of the ice pick that I get made here in, uh, in New Hampshire. So, you know, and sticking with American made, you know, I'm trying to, bring the ice pick to America. I mean, not the ice pick, the, uh, the razor blades. I'm trying to find a factory in America to make the razor blades. Cause I, I got some made, but I need to make more. And my spatula knife, which I'm holding up now to you guys, I don't see my face. You can, you guys see me? Mm-hmm. I see your face. So oh, I don't good. know where I am. Oh, there I am in the corner. Um, anyway, the spatula knife, I'm trying to find somebody to manufacture that. So it's, um, it's exciting. You know, it's like all these small pieces is just slowly starting to fall into place. It's almost like when you, when you find out that Dremel tool, for instance, is a guy named like, you know, Bill Dremel. And he came up with this dumb rotary tool. And I, I always have this fantasy of <laughs> like a hundred years from name? now. Bill Dremel. No, I just made that up. Okay. But Dremel is the guy's real surname. <laughs> Bill Dremel. <laughs> But I always have this fantasy and like, like obviously Ford, you know, these brand names like Ford and, and Dremel, these like mm. surnames that have become a product. And, and I feel like that's slowly starting to happen. And I kind of almost initiated that as a joke. And when me and my business partner started talking about, you know, developing my brand behind the scenes a couple of years ago, I was like, it'll be cool when my name means nothing to anybody except for like the name on that product, like DeWalt or, you know, DeWalt, who knows who DeWalt is? I don't know. You know, Starrett. Bill DeWalt. Bill DeWalt. Bill Starrett. You know, all these names that were surnames of the person who came up with that first thing. And so um, I'm, I, I hate to sound like an idiot, but I'm proud of myself that that's slowly happening. You know, is it okay hmm. to be proud of yourself? I guess it is. No. Yes, <laughs> I have a question about that, actually. This, yeah. is not, this is not at all a dig. This sure. is a legitimate question about mm. product development stuff. Yeah. There's a certain, you know, like we all have audiences, and because this is something I've been thinking a lot about with product yeah. development, we all have aud- audiences who like what we do, and so if we make a physical thing, they want to buy it to support us and just to have a piece of something sure. that they enjoy, which is awesome, right? Yeah. But th- that that audience, that potential um, group of people who could buy the thing, is you know it's it's relative to our audience. But then there's a jump between that and getting that thing to exist kind of like what you're saying with your brand trying to get that product to exist as the product not because it's coming from you or coming from yeah no that's absolutely true what's the step 
what's the step there to make that jump past your audience to like being a widespread useful thing that just like Joe we, on the street, we've Jane been on the street once. Yeah, no, I've been talking about, you know, trying to get the ice pick in certain websites, uh, but I don't have production up yet. Like I, as many as I make, I could sell. Hmm. And, you know, I could make about, like I said, there's one person that makes one component and he could make thousands of those components, but I still have to make the other part, which is like a couple of hundred at a time between me and Aaron. And once I, I find full production in, in America and I could make that ice pick and I could say, give me 4,000 of them. Then I could call up to certain websites and say, hey, this is a cool product. All we need is a little demonstration video showing how it gets used and the usefulness of it. And then you could put that video on your website. With you know, There's a couple of branded websites. Kind of, I mean, Filson really wasn't a thought, but there's a couple of brands like Filson that I think my website, my, my ice pick can go on their website. And uh, But it, hmm. until I have production up where it's always available and not like limited run, um. But that's a goal. That's one of the goals in our in our uh, playbook. And the razor blade is kind of a, was kind of like it's kind of like an art project. It's kind of like an art product. Um, I had this argument with Taylor's mother a couple of weeks ago because she came here and she chopped onions with it. And right away she's like, "Oh my god, this is such a great product." You know what would make it better is if the bottom wasn't straight and it was curved. And it was like, and Taylor's <laughs> like, "You mean like an ulu knife?" And she holds one up from the. the <laughs> And she's like, yeah, no, no, no. But like this, because she like got so carried away on her own concept. And I had to kind of argue. We had like, we had like a legit argument. It didn't get crazy. But I was like, the razor blade is an absurd product because it's like a Klaus Oldenburg. It's like taking something that is like completely like in the atmosphere and making it big. So people stop and look at it and go, oh, wow, what a beautiful shape. And that is the artness in it. And then, of course, I, 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 bastardize it by putting my name on it really big i said that is but for you to take it and change it is no longer suited to that absurdity of that you know taking something mundane and making it art by just literally focusing on it and she just looked at me and goes okay but can you make the curve version for me i was like all right she doesn't understand um (laughs) so that's a type of product that might might get out in the in the internet it's kind that's kind of like a museum of modern art product where it's like oh my god look at this giant pencil this is cool a few of my friends that have it in their hands love it they say it's great for the kitchen they use it for you know for chef stuff and it is stainless so it's not going to get rusty and it is sharp and it is sharpenable you could sharpen it again so that might be a product that could make the jump i think the ice pick can make the jump quicker and then we're working on a couple of other things and then, of course, there's like the the fun, you know, like the keychains and the silly stuff that we make in the shop, which is great. The posters, of course. So uh, it's it's amped me up and the little notebooks that we print. And and the good thing about it being your own product company, like I am in a, in a tiny way, is you could try something. And if it doesn't work, that's it. Whereas if you're a toy company and you have to cater to big retailers, you got to go in and sit with Walmart and Walmart's going to say, you know what? We're going to buy 25,000 of these as a test. And then you got to go out and spend $50,000 to do tooling. and to di- You know, with what we are doing, we can have fun and test the waters. I mean, Jocko did it in a little bit of a bigger way, but it's the same thing. You don't have to commit to big tooling, huge things. You know, there's all digital fabrication and the type of stuff that we could do uh, at home. You know, Bob, you get that Bridgeport. The guy that makes, uh, there's a guy that makes my handle part. He's in New Hampshire. He makes just the handle part for me. He's onto a big order for ventilators. So he can't make my, my handle. So that's why I started making the handles again in my workshop. 
and it's been on my social media recently. And so I just went back into my shop. I said, okay, it's been a few, it's been maybe a year since I made handles. He's been making them for me. I said, let me get in my shop and take a new approach to it now that I have to. And so I came up with a couple of new jigs. Even last night, I tested running the Tormach to do the chamfer on my ice pick. And uh, it was just a test run. It worked okay. Need to tweak it. And, uh, but uh, the point I'm making is, is having these big tools that are used in production, the only thing missing is a good idea. You know, all of us, you, we all have CNC machines. The only thing missing mm-hmm. is the idea. And that's incumbent on us to develop that idea. So, and you know, it could be a fun product. It could be an art product. It could be a real useful product. It's just up to us. I made my ice yeah. pick recently with, with the magnet in the back. And now I can't carry one without the magnet in the back. Because I'm, <laughs> every time I drop something, I'm like, I hope it's magnetic because I can just kind of hang, <laughs> hang my arm down and dink, pick it great. up. Or you can just flip the and poke it with the other end. I mean, right. there you go. If I drop food, I poke it. If I drop a tool, I magnetize. Yeah. So, That's fine. So speaking of David, speaking of products, I I realized something over the weekend. Um, with the go karts, we have a we run a, a a stagger, meaning one tire is bigger than the other. And to, I've been measuring mine with like a regular tape measure, but it doesn't wrap around round things very well because of how they are so i went to amazon to go order a tape measure that's made for measuring circumferences and i uh this tape measure that i purchased is from a company called perfect tape measure and i just remembered that i used to do freelance work for this company years ago (laughs) and they're out of toledo and so this week i'm going to uh, write the guy an email and saying, Hey, do you remember me? I used to work on your website. Uh, I have this idea for a tape measure that I think would be the perfect tape measure for woodworkers. Can we work on something? So, um, I might have a way to develop the, my ultimate tape measure that I cannot find. That's awesome. so, yeah. So oh, that's great. I mean, I haven't even written the email yet, so I don't know if this will even go anywhere, but, um, yeah, so I have, I've already got my, uh, heart set and have high hopes for that but anyways yeah. speaking of go-kart stuff i got to run my first two races this year i ran saturday night in fremont ohio and it was insane there was 114 carts showed up i am pretty sure that we went past the state guidelines for crowd gatherings because if you imagine 114 carts with maybe three wow. team members like it was it, they set a record for the number of carts that they had and there was 25 in my class and um i didn't do so well i didn't qualify through the heats or the b main to make it into the feature but i learned a lot and it was it was great i um um i like i i passed somebody on the outside and i had success with that and then I tried to pass somebody again on the outside and I kept, I would lose control of my cart. And my buddy, Brian, who was there helping me, who has been driving race cars for decades, he says, you got lucky when you passed that guy on the outside that one time, but there's only one lane here. So you have to pass on the inside. Don't yeah, get, get oh. pa- passing on the outside out of your mind because there's no lane up there. 
And uh, that helped me realize, like, this is how you do it. And I also learned that bumping is okay. And if you're faster than the guy in front of you, you got to squeeze your way in there. And so I got home Saturday night and I never unloaded the truck. And I woke up Sunday morning. I'm like, the truck's already loaded. I might as well make the hour and 15 minute drive to Sandusky and go race again. So I wasn't planning (laughs) on racing two days in a row. Uh, And so I made this trip to Sandusky, Ohio, which is famous for having Cedar Point. And um, and then uh, the settings for one of Chris Farley's movies. But anyway, I get there and not as big as the night before. There was 40 carts there and only five in my division. But I took what I learned from the night before and I finished second in the feature. It was, it was so satisfying. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah. I was definitely faster than a a couple of the other people. And I learned how to pass and I learned how to hold my lane. And it was just the guy who won it. He was better than me. He had more consistent good laps. Um, I did have good laps, just not consistently. So it was just, this weekend was absolutely amazing. I learned so much. And so both of those races were at these very professional, huge tracks, very large. Um, and the the league that I'm going to be running in is, will actually be running much smaller tracks. And the smaller tracks allow for more skill and less money because t- typically like bigger motors, more money spent helps you at those bigger tracks. But the smaller ones, they call bull rings. It's more about skill and you don't need, you don't have to have the biggest, best motor. So that league actually starts next weekend. And it's it's a backyard league, but it's it's well organized. So yeah, I'm looking looking forward to the season getting started with that. And uh man, I'm I'm all in. I'm it, it's it's the thing that's, that's great. really uh my my favorite thing about the whole go-kart stuff is making making the parts make i like i made the side panels i printed on vinyl and then i coated that vinyl with some some clear plastic and i got to do that i had to uh i made my own safety bolts where i made a jig and i'm drilling into the bolts so i can run safety wire through that i love that drill press i think i might have to buy one i was that watching drill press you make is so bolts. cool yeah that drill press is really cool I think I need um, that, and I'm going to use my production as the excuse to pay for it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> now, now I bought I bought like five hundred dollars worth of tools last night on, on Amazon to help production. What of my, you did? No, you know I don't, what I'm I don't saying? That. <laughs> to help production of my ice pick. I will now say it's in house for a little while. And uh, the drill how many bandsaws did you get yesterday? I'm buying a drill press. I'm buying a bandsaw tomorrow. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> of course you are. I am. I'm buying another 36-inch American bandsaw. It's nearby here. It's cheap, and I might fix it up for a video. Because the other two I have came perfect. This one needs work, so I might buy it as a restoration video. <laughs> I would say I have the the the, um, the benchtop version of that fancy drill with the computer brain and everything. And if you get the bigger version, I think it's the floor standing one, it does even more. Like, you can put in your materials, and it'll give you your it'll automatically set your speeds and, and stuff for you and you oh, can wow. store that in there. Yeah. So um, just something to look into if you're looking to spend a whole bunch of money on a drill press <laughs> on a thing that drill, it does one operation, which is drill holes. <laughs> um, I saw a couple of people um, on, I guess it was on Instagram recently that had just gotten that one that you have based on your video, you know, like seeing it in action. So, I mean, it's definitely, 
you know, you showing it off and getting it and trying it out is definitely influencing other people to get the same thing. Yeah. It does yeah. look pretty awesome. It is pretty awesome. And uh, so making things, I uh, I did a uh, a couple weeks ago. We did a bending plastic video, and in that video, I said, "Hey, we're going to use this technique to make a a clear acrylic toolbox." And Dan and I started that project, but my acrylic cement was bad. Usually when it comes out of the tube, it's super thin, gets everywhere. It's a crazy mess. And it came out of the tube a little thicker. And I was like, maybe it'll still work, but it was not, it was not welding the acrylic. So we, it expired or went through too many temperature changes or something. So that project got done hold. I got some more acrylic cement and this time with a little needle applicator thing to hope so hopefully I don't make such a mess because once that stuff gets everywhere, it, it <laughs> ruins your plastic. Yeah. I actually found the, the super thin stuff. I have a hard time managing because of that. And I found a gel version of the same stuff that it it's actually the same number of, you know, how it has like a number to the mm-hmm. cement type. Mm-hmm. It's the same number, but it, it's a, yeah, yeah, it's a gel. So Depends it doesn't run is. as easily. Um, but you guys want to know a tip just because I can control for it. that thin stuff. I, I used to teach it in class. I don't think I've ever showed it in a video, but I worked in a sign shop in the eighties and I learned this technique and it, it is the technique to use that super thin liquid. Obviously if it drips on plastic, it immediately makes a stain. That's methylene chloride in the liquefied version. You put it in the squeeze bottle and you always keep it pinched so that it, when the minute you let go, it'll inhale. So you could, mm-hmm. when you go to turn it over to your plastic, you, get into the habit of letting it inhale while it's face down. When you need the liquid, you squeeze. When you stop, you let go, let it inhale air. So the entire time it's inhaling air, it won't drip. So that's why you have those soft squeeze bottles. They're meant to only be half full or or one-third full. And you use that air space in there. So when you're gluing signs or plastic or anything, you always make sure it's inhaling when it's in the drip, drippable position. Hmm. So that's it. Make sure your bottle's inhaling and it can't drip while it's inhaling. Hmm. Good tip. There you go. Yeah, that is. Cool. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so you, we kind of had a, a topic today. Yeah. Uh, based on <laughs> the state of the world right now. <laughs> David, do you want to <laughs> chat through that? I thought we could maybe talk about making or hobbies in general that are therapeutic for you. A way to um, just get away for a little bit so you can have some time with yourself and make and just enjoy the process of doing making stuff um and so i wanted Mm. to ask you guys is whether you're making something on camera or off camera is doing what you do therapeutic for you i i have a quick good answer because it's topical um I, I dug into my, my hot tub and I showed Instagram stories on it. And, and I talked about this before we got started. It, it was the reason I started to speak on my Instagram about the current events is because here I am working on my hot tub to try and escape everything. And I'm learning cool tricks while I'm figuring it out. And I'm sharing that. And it seems so trivial. So I was like, you know what? This is, this is fun and interesting, but it's ridiculous in comparison to the news. So let me at least acknowledge the news and then go back to kind of being buried my head inside the sand while I'm working on my hot tub. Um, Hot tub I bought years ago when we did the show Hammered. And my buddy David 
chastised me for spending so much money on something that uh, I didn't shop around for. I literally walked into a store and the guy goes, that's on sale. I'm like, oh, that's on sale. So instead of being 15,000, it was 13,000. I'm like, I'll take it. So two weeks later, it was in my backyard and my buddy's like, did you shop around? I'm like, what do you mean shop around? I went to the store, I shopped and I bought it. He's like, no, you should have compared prices. Anyway, it's always been like a joke between the two of us. And I bought that and thank God I had a five-year warranty because I used every every bit of that five-year warranty. The thing broke so many times. I had a guy here fixing it every couple of weeks. Then, and then like miraculously, it worked on its own for a really long time. And then it, last winter, some pipe, it got some water in it because the top blew off. It filled with rain when I wasn't around and then froze. And that's how this crack happened. And I didn't know where the crack was. You pull the side of a hot tub off and it's just completely filled with styrofoam. You got to go for an archaeological dig and start digging through that styrofoam and find. I was able to find at least what seems like the only crack in it, I think. And uh, so uh, trying different ways of manipulating a 5,000 pound object to get underneath it and do all kinds of stuff. For me, that was a challenge. It was like, okay, I'm going to take this to the point where if I can't fix it, I'm going to get rid of it. And if I can fix it, I'm going to be, I'm going to have a win. And for me, digging into something that I had no end in sight and not knowing the outcome, as opposed to like building a frame or building a chair or making something or a shelf, or, you know, thing that I know, I, I, I know the ground in front of me, digging into something I don't know the, the path in front of me. And even as of, it's just started getting dark less and I'm like, oh, I'm done. That's it. And then I filled it with water. All of a sudden, another huge leak right in the same spot. What I didn't realize is the part I fixed had cracks in it outside my view. I could feel the crack. That's the one I fixed. There was more. So we just literally, my brother's like, why don't you just cut the whole piece completely out? Let's take a close look at it. And I was right. We cut it out and it was destroyed beyond what I could have even fixed. So now I have two clean cuts to reattach a new piece to. And if that's the only break, then we're going to be, we're going to be good. But the bigger point is, is digging into something as a problem solver exercising all my ability and just keeping a, a level-headed approach to trying to repair something for me is a good escape. Hmm. I, I do want to say, like, before anybody sends me a message, like, ignoring any kind of problem is not the solution. This is just like a... a, a, a I'm not right. saying ignore the problem. This is just a, a an escape to just enjoy life for a little bit. So It's a, a reprieve. I mean, yeah. I, I think that's, for me what we're talking about here is there's a lot of things. I mean, it, it set aside like, you know, big world uh, news and stuff like that. Take family life. Families take a lot of attention. No matter what kind of family you have, they take attention, they take focus, they take, you know, intentionality. And that can be exhausting if you have to do it all the time and you don't have a reprieve, just like any kind of hobby. You have to be able to step away to catch your breath, to reset, so that you can be the best version of that family member that you need to be for whoever your family is, right? Um, and, and so, yeah, for me, making is a way for me to temporarily block out everything else, to let my mind focus on a single thing, because there's a lot of stuff that you can't fix in life. There's a lot of things that you just have to go through, things that you have to learn with that you can't just immediately fix. But when it comes to making something, you typically have a task that you can accomplish, and then that task is done, and then you move on to the next one, you move on to the next one. So for my mind, it takes me away from the, I can't do anything about this, or, you know, it, it's 
some unknown situation, uncompletable situation, and lets me go to a thing that I can complete, that I can check off, that I can finish and feel completed, and then go back to real life where there's stuff that I can't necessarily just check off, you know? And so I think that's a good balance that we all, to different degrees, need. Uh, for me, that's that's a pretty big need to be able to have some stability, something that I can um, specifically seek out and accomplish because I know that there's a lot in life that doesn't work like that. It's not for me to accomplish. It's not for me to fix. But my personality is that I need to fix some things. <laughs> so <laughs> rather than trying to force my fixing on people and on family and on situations that are out of my control, because that's what a lot of people do. They just try to go around and fix everybody's stuff. Uh, instead of trying to do that, <laughs> I try to pick some stuff that I can fix in making things, whether it's for a need or just for you know the interest of doing it is a good way for me to kind of scratch that itch when I can't do it otherwise. I think that's how I use it. Fixing things is, uh, like I said, is is a good thing for me, as you said, and then also organizing things is a good way to keep Mm. Oh, yeah. I've been working on the the go-kart chassis build all winter and not filming any of it because that is my my thing. That That is for me, and I want no pressure on completing it. Once I decided I don't have to have it done for the start of the season it became even more fun because it's just a thing that I do Hmm. when I have free time. And when I got to the, the tracks and race this past weekend, I was like, Oh, I'll do all kinds of Instagram stories and I'll take photos and you know, who knows, maybe I'll even make a vlog. And I got there and I started that. And then I was like, I don't want the pressure of that. This is for me. And yeah, maybe later on in the year, I'll do more of that, but right now I want to enjoy this moment because this really is for me. This is, I just want to have fun and I, and I put a lot of pressure on myself and I want to save that pressure for the actual videos, the actual part of the the business and let that pressure help me succeed in, in that. And then when I want to have fun, I can just have fun. There is a, a weird pressure. Um, maybe this is an entirely separate subject but there is a weird pressure to to capture and share everything that we do not just us but like just people Mm -hmm. right there's this because social media is what it is there's a a pressure that you need to always be on and you need to be like sharing what you're doing for whatever reason um but man like some of my most favorite times now are when i am completely disconnected just face down in whatever it is i'm doing you where you you lose time like you're like, oh, yeah. I forgot yeah. to eat I mean, like, dinner. Yeah, and oftentimes, like, when we got to the farm, I'm like, oh, I should be showing some of this to show people what I'm planning, or like, no, like, no I'm in the woods, man. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is awesome. Like, I don't need to show anybody this. Like, people can go do their own thing. They can go be in the woods by themselves. They don't need to see what I'm doing. And yeah. so the, there's a weird pressure that is not something I really want to do. I don't want to share everything about my life, but, you know, we're there's an expectation of that. And so it's really nice to find things like you're talking about that you don't feel that pressure or you don't want that pressure and you just enjoy it. And I wish honestly more people had that, that impulse to just enjoy what they're doing. Not that I don't want to see it, but like let the sharing and the capturing be secondary to just enjoying (laughs) what you're doing and being where you are. Um, Yeah. I think there's a, because there's pressure on on everybody because everybody's on Twitter and Facebook and yeah. Instagram and you know we we're all all of us are looking for 
validation or or a or, or a pat on the back or a good job. And so everybody is trying to share whether you make stuff or you're you're just spending time on family. You feel like those those pictures need to get up on on Facebook. Bob has yeah, a huge heart over his face. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Skype did a weird thing where I had a, a heart on the screen all of a sudden, and I didn't know why. But I liked whatever. it. I liked I it. I want to. Yeah, I, I hit love you guys mute. Too. <laughs> I hit mute in the exact same time you got the heart. Maybe someone's listening to us. We're being a. Oh, oh, oh look! There's another one. <laughs> there's How a, did that happen? Did what what do is that? that? I don't know. I did that, but what is the heart thing on Skype? What is that all about? It means you're, know, you're liking you could, something they're saying. You can acknowledge them. Uh-huh. You can leave emojis for people <laughs> while you're talking to them. I don't know. There's so many features of Skype I anyway, don't even know Bob about. Just did golf clap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I I agree, and I I think um, what we were talking about, you know, the, the main point of this was that making stuff or, or any hobby can be a, a separation, like a distraction or a, a therapy from the real world. And as soon as you start to capture that. As soon as you start to like try to turn whatever it is you're doing into a piece of content or a, a shareable thing, then I don't know that that's really therapy anymore. Or like, you know what I mean? It mm-hmm. becomes a different thing. And uh, so I don't know that like making a project for the channel for me is has the same feeling as like this weekend. I went in and I just no no intention of shooting it i just started messing with all the parts for r2d2's feet and just put it together i'm like well that that's just not going to get captured it doesn't need to it's not a big deal but i just wanted to do it because i was excited about it and i wanted to spend my time there instead of everything else that was in my head you know so uh, i think if i had tried to turn that into well now i got to film it and now i got to think about where the microphone is and now i got to think about how i sound and you know if i you know, like I should probably go take a shower because I got out of bed like five minutes ago. And my hair looks stupid, and you know what I mean. Like, yeah, I just enjoyed doing the thing. Make sure I call the parts the right parts. I do want to point out yeah. <laughs> that um, Bob is definitely showing off on Skype today. Nobody else can see it, but Bob has the electronics to R two D two like perfectly framed, <laughs> so we can see the guts of it for nice flex. Jimmy and I to nice see. Nice flex. Yeah. Yeah, yeah nice know. flex. <laughs> Glad you caught that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Those doors I've are popping several, and closing uh, the whole time. He didn't say anything. <laughs> I've had several comments about um, people saying that R2-D2 should have a separate soundboard with Jimmy sound effects in it. So that I can, like... <laughs> Please. <laughs> yeah. So I might do that. Oh, so we're gonna have a whole a whole episode, which is just me recording those sound effects. Uh, last week, I put out a video on making that little beer tote with only a drill and a jigsaw, and I, I still got a few people saying, and and they put baby voice, they put or Jimmy's baby voice, but I don't have a drill or a jigsaw. I can't do I can't do the baby voice. Jigsaw. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right well any any other thoughts on this pseudo topic please find something Barely. that makes you happy and enjoy it and if you want to share it share thing, it but it's okay to just do it just to do it i got yeah. the i have that 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 cadillac project too that's crazy that cadillac you know that's i'm yeah. not really making a video about that everyone's like when's the cadillac video gonna be out i'm like are you kidding me the thing doesn't even have a gas tank in it so chill <laughs> so that's just like a 
every couple, like even la- I went over there last night while I was doing the grass and stuff at the at the raceway. That's where the car is. And I uh, I, I checked the fluids. I put fluids in because I repaired a hole in the engine block, making sure that's not leaking. And it's just like every couple of days I go in and do one thing to it. The gas tank just showed up from eBay, so I'm gonna install the gas tank. And yeah, it's just a behind the scenes kind of thing. It's just yeah, it's nice to have those little ongoing things that don't need to be captured that are just back there that you can kind of piddle with, you know? Because when I think about, like, my grandfather, uh, he made just tons of stuff of all different types, right? And never showed any of it off. Like, we don't have pictures of a lot of the things he made just because he didn't take pictures of what he was doing. Because <laughs> he, he wanted to do it, you mm-hmm. know? And it, in the weird social media-ness of everything, it is probably less common to have people of any kind just piddling with things in their basement or in their garages just to just to do it to get it done you know everything seems to have a and i'm saying this to myself as well everything seems to have an outward purpose like it it has to in our case become a piece of content or it has to be a thing that you're going to sell to make money to drive your hobby or it has to this or that you know sometimes it's good just to explore just piddle around Mm -hmm. it's good for your head i think Mm-hmm. Um. All right. Anything else on this? Mm-hmm. I don't have anything. <laughs> uh, by the way, thank you, uh, everybody, for the you know checking on us last week. We didn't put a show out, and several people were like, "Everything okay? What's wrong? Like, where are you?" <laughs> Done. <laughs> that was my fault. That was oh. nice. <laughs> no, we just needed a week off. It was it was good to take a week off, but um, but we're back. Well, I'm gonna thank our Patreon supporters. And you guys can find somebody to recommend. I don't have anybody to recommend. I'll be real honest about that. But I'll <laughs> see if I can find something. Uh, big thanks to everybody that helps us out on Patreon. And a lot of those people reached out last week to make sure that they weren't missing the new show or the after show. Um, but we have a lot of people that, that support us over there. And we are really grateful. Um, we get to turn down bad advertising on a regular basis because of the support from Patreon. <laughs> so that's pretty amazing. You know what's so funny? Uh, I want I want to I want to just say something while you're on that subject because can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. if advertisers approach podcasts, this drives me insane where it's like a CPM, you're going to get paid on this performance, you're going to get paid that drives me insane. Yeah. I'm doing a service. Like that's like saying, I'm going to install a door in your closet. You're going to get paid by how many times people use the doorknob. Mm-hmm. If people don't use the doorknob four thousand times, I'm only going to pay you half as much. So, um, you know, you make sure you bet your doorknob's attractive because if that doorknob's not attractive, then that's not going. You're just not going to get paid as well. You still do all the heavy lifting, the installation, and everything, but you're getting paid on. I understand this is a performance based stuff, but there becomes a point where it's in the ether. But it's still brand yeah. awareness. That's the thing. It's br- people are still so. We're, we're talking about your product just because it doesn't get the exact. I know that's the formula, but people approach us all the time and go, "Well, even even NBC approached us with the show making it. They wanted to advertise, and it was all about the CPM and how many views you get and how much you're going to get paid." And I personally said, "Forget it. The price is this, or it's nothing." And we chose nothing because our fans take care of us, and so I just wanted to say thank you. Yeah. Done, Rand. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. And he's telling the truth. That's not like when we say that. It's not. <laughs> we we turn down advertising because of the people on Patreon, and that's amazing. Um, big thanks to our top supporters over there: Corey Ward, Works by Solo, Chad from Mancrafting, 
I keep putting my mouse over the name so I can't read them. Maker in Training, Fun Kiss Artistic Creations, Blondie Hacks. You can make this too. Odin Leather Goods, Albers Woodworks, and Rich Lowen. Um, those are our top supporters, but there's a huge list of, I don't even know how many people below that, that also help us out. And we are very grateful for every single one of them. And everybody at every level gets the after show, which is more of us talking and secret stuff. And we always talk about Jimmy's TV endeavors. And, uh, you know, <laughs> you have any new TV shows you're doing this week, Jimmy, we can talk about? <laughs> this, yeah, this is something developing. <laughs> of course there of course is. There is. I'll, tell you about my, I'll tell you about my new band song. Oh. oh, man. So if you want to help us out, you can go to patreon.com slash making it. But you don't have to. If you're not into that, it's totally fine. You know, uh, just tell somebody about the show. That would be a way that you could help us out. That would be super cool. And apparently leaving reviews and stuff on uh, the different podcast apps is helpful. So they say, I don't know if there's truth true? to that or they just want the reviews. I don't know. <laughs> but if that's something you're into, you could do that as well. Okay. David, what do you got to recommend? I was a guest on this podcast called Because We Make, hosted by Vincent and yeah, Vincent and Ethan, uh, two good guys and a really well-run podcast. And I had a really good time on there. And yeah, um, I think I did that podcast too. Yeah. Um, so yeah. that is my pick. Go check out Because We Make. I um, oh, I had. I? I don't think I did that podcast. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will be honest and say I did not I had not listened to an, an episode of that before I was on there. And man, it is it is well run. It's good pacing and they ask great questions. Go check it out because we make. Nice. Oh wait, sorry, I was gonna say something else about that. I listen I've been listening to Willie D a lot. I don't know if you guys know who Willie D is from the Ghetto Boys. He's got a YouTube channel where he talks about uh, current events and political news and it's considering what's going on in the climate of the world i've been spending a lot of time listening to willie d so check out willie d from the ghetto boys this channel grows it's growing really fast and he puts up like five videos a day it's crazy i see he just spends a lot of time in front of that camera it's unbelievable i spent a lot yeah, of my it's like a, it's like a, lot, a, a lot of my youth listening to the ghetto boys <laughs> yeah um i don't have anything to recommend to be honest, I I haven't watched anything new in a very well. I okay. I recommended Radiohead a couple of weeks ago, I think, because they're putting concerts on their uh, YouTube channel. They recently put out one that I've seen before that is fantastic. It is uh, if you're not into Radiohead, I get it. Not everybody is, but they did their album, The King of Limbs, in a studio, and it was called From the Basement, and they did it in like 2011, I think. And I've had a recording of that studio show, and it's really, really good. And then they put it on YouTube for free. So if you like them at all, or you just like seeing people play live in a studio, it's pretty fascinating to see how they create the weird hmm. rhythms and all the crazy sounds and stuff that they can do. You know, to see it live in a you know not on stage, like in a controlled setting with like good camera work and stuff is pretty cool. So. Hmm. Go check that out. Fun fact, but I listened that, to I OK Computer on the way home, on the long drive home last night. Mm, it's one of my favorites. It's one of my one. favorites. It's a good one. Um, I feel like I should have something else good to recommend, because I, but I don't. <laughs> so, I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> cool. Well, I hope everybody stays safe and healthy and uh, finds something to be uh, joyful about, finds somebody to talk to that they haven't normally talked to this week in... Uh, I hope you're all doing well. 
Yes. That's it. Thank you. Love you. Yeah. Love you. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time.